0: Let's pray. Jesus, you alone are my strength, my saint. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship you. Father, we pray that uh, that would be our prayer tonight. We pray that you would speak to us now and help us to understand. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've ever had a memorable meal, at dinner that really sticks out in the mind. Now maybe you can remember every meal that you have ever eaten for your whole life. I can hardly remember what I had for dinner last night, let alone any further back. But you might remember some memorable meals. Perhaps you remember the best steak that you've ever had. Apologies to the vegetarians among us. Or maybe the most delicious dessert that you've ever had with no calories in it, of course. Sometimes, though, it isn't the food itself that makes a meal memorable. Something happens and the meal will be remembered for a long time so ages ago now i was out for lunch one day with my mum and dad and i had ordered sorry i might might make you hungry if you haven't had your dinner yet but i ordered chicken maryland and so the plate came out and listen carefully girls uh, there was uh, chips and bacon and banana fritter and battered pineapple and peas and sweet corn it was all there And what was missing? The chicken Maryland. (laughs) They had forgotten to put it on the plate. There was so much other stuff there and so we remember that meal for a long time afterwards. Meals can be memorable if they're for a special occasion. Uh, So maybe a a wedding meal uh, or a birthday celebration. Uh, There was one time we had uh, mom out for her birthday and we had ordered dessert when suddenly a birthday cake came out from the kitchen and mum watched it come out from the kitchen and she said, oh look, it must be somebody's birthday. <laughs> oh, it's mine. <laughs> and then she realised that the cake was for her. Or maybe you've had a memorable meal when a ring was presented and you were you asked, or you were asked, will you marry me? Girls, maybe that'll come in a few years' time. Your mums or dads are saying, a long time yet, please. Uh, But meals can be memorable because of what happens at them. And that's what we see in tonight's Bible reading. We're not told about the food, just that Martha served it. But this meal was unforgettable because of what happened at it. An act of unashamed, costly, extravagant worship. You have the reading in front of you, hopefully, on the service sheet, and it would be good to have that open in front of you so that you can follow along. Jesus is in Bethany. That's where Lazarus lived, who in the chapter before had died, and then Jesus had raised him from the dead. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, she served the meal while Jesus and Lazarus and others were reclining at the table. They're having a meal, so how do you normally have a meal, girls? How do you normally have a meal? How do you normally sit when you're having a meal? You sit properly, don't you? Yeah. Um, I'll a chair here for a second. So normally when you're having dinner, do you sit very properly like this? Yeah? Sit at the table and you eat your dinner. Isn't that right? But well, that's not what happened at this screen. You see, in the time of Jesus, they didn't sit at a kitchen table or a dining table like that. Do you know how they ate their dinner? Anyone know? Yeah? Not on a block, no. No. What way were they? Well, let me see. It says in the reading, if you have the reading in front of you, where is it? P. Verse number two. So look for a little number two and read that sentence. Anyone know? Yeah? They were lying down. They were, down. They were reclining. That's right. So it says, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So how did he eat? I hope someone will lift me up again if I can't get up. But they lay down at the table. Imagine eating your dinner like this. The table would be here, they'd be down on one arm, on one elbow, and they would eat from the table with one hand. So they could. Carl, can you get (laughs) (laughs) up? Imagine eating your dinner like that. But that's how they ate their dinner at that time. Now, normally, whenever you hear about Martha, who served the meal, you also hear about her sister, Mary. And that's what we read in verse 3. Mary does something unforgettable. It says, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. This evening, girls, I've brought something along uh, to help us think about this. Um, here it is. Anyone know what that might be? Yeah? Perfume? Not quite perfume, because it's mine. After shave? Yep, that's right. Although I don't really shave, so I'm not sure when I'm supposed to use it. Um, but this is my bottle of After, see if anyone knows how much might be in this bottle, Uh, roughly, in millilitres. Ruby's puzzling it out. What do you think? How much? Anyone? Any of the adults? How much is in that? Hundred mil? No. Two hundred mil? Yeah. So this is two hundred mils. A pint is over five hundred. Milliliters, And so it would be two and a half times this bottle. That's how much perfume that Mary had. Except in Mary's hands isn't Hugo by Hugo Boss. Now you know my aftershave. Uh, but as you can see, this bottle's quite full, so you don't need to buy me any just yet. Uh, so you don't. Mary has an alabaster jar of pure nard. John says here that it's an expensive perfume. It would be enough to fill this measuring jug. A whole pint of that perfume. Now, John says it's an expensive perfume. And so I had a look at the Boots website today. Other retailers are available. Uh, don't suit me for that. Uh, and their most expensive perfume is... Anyone know most expensive perfume in uh, in Boots? Chanel, nope, not Chanel, nope. Hmm? No, it is, pardon my French pronunciation, uh, Dior, uh, J'adore Eau de Parfum, or something like that. Uh, Dior, anyway, J'adore. Um, and 150 milliliters, so smaller than this. Anyone know how much that is? Anyone bought that recently as a little present? £142 for that. But actually, that's not the dearest by price per milliliter. Uh, It's another Dior one. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it this time. But 40 milliliters is £112 or £280 per 100 milliliters. That's crazy. Um, Lindsay, if you look at my laptop today... Sorry, I wasn't looking for perfume for you. Um, Everyone, you're my witness. Those perfumes and boots are dear, but actually that's nothing to the perfume that Mary brought to Jesus. She must have saved up for ages... In order to have this pint of Pure Nard, because it cost a year's wages. All the money that your mom or your dad would earn in a whole year went to buy this perfume. That would be like getting on a plane, going to Chanel headquarters and saying, Mix me a perfume just for me. That kind of expensiveness. And what did Mary do with it? Anyone remember? What did Mary do with the perfume? Ruby? She poured it on Jesus' feet. And then she, what did she do next? She poured the perfume on and then? That's right, she wiped his feet with her hair. Mark tells us that she actually broke the jar. She held nothing back she poured out the whole lot giving everything she had to jesus this is costly devotion but actually there's more going on here you see it's not just costly worship it didn't just cost her a lot out of her purse it's also unashamed worship she was anointing the feet of jesus for a single woman to let down her hair to touch and anoint a single man's feet. This was shocking in that culture. This was That wasn't how you were meant to get on. But Mary doesn't care what other people think of her. She is pouring out her worship as she pours out her perfume, as she anoints the anointed one, the Christ. This is unashamed worship, not held back by what other people might think. You see, sometimes we might be held back because we're fearful of what someone else might think, what someone else might say. They might not like it, so we hold back. But don't hold back. Be unashamed in your worship. Clap your hands if you want to, to Timmy, or anybody else. Raise your hands if you want to. Sing out, even if the others around you aren't doing that. This was unashamed worship. It had to be because no one could miss what was happening. John says there, verse 3, The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. You know, sometimes whenever I'm in one of the big shops, like Debenhams or something, and you have to, all the perfume counters are at the front of it, I have to take a deep breath and then walk really quickly to get through all those perfume counters because <clears throat> you nearly choke with the smell of them. Uh, candle shops, junky candle shops, they can be overpowering as well, all the different smells. If I were to spray one or two sprays of this, okay, I'll not spray it at anyone. Uh, can anyone smell that yet? Not yet, we'd need some more, wouldn't we? Well, <coughs> I can smell it. <laughs> and that's my smell. But imagine imagine if I just took the whole lid off here. Imagine if I broke this building at uh, this this bottle and, and poured it out over Carol. <coughs> Everyone would smell it, wouldn't they? And remember that it was two and a half of these bottles. The smell of it would definitely fill the whole of the building. Everyone would know what had happened. And Lawson would wonder, what had Carol been up to tonight? (laughs) Unashamed worship. No matter who knows about it. I wonder if we're in the same category. Is the fragrance of our devotion to Jesus obvious? Can our friends and neighbours tell that there's something different about us? That we belong to Jesus? Or would people be surprised that you're in GFS? That, you're, uh, that you consider yourself a Christian? That, uh, that you're here tonight? Extravagant worship is costly and unashamed. But sometimes it can be misunderstood. Even criticised by those who should know better. One of uh, Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, he objects to what has happened. He doesn't like what has happened. He says, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He looks at the perfume dripping down off the feet of Jesus and he says, what a waste. Why didn't we sell it? Why didn't we give the money to the poor? A year's wages poured out in one go. Think of the hungry mouths to feed. Think of the hands outstretched to receive even a little. But the only hungry mouth that Judas was worried about was his own. The only eager hand wanting to receive was his own. John tells us that he was a thief. He didn't care about the poor. He helped himself to what was put into the disciples' money bag. Judas was about to betray Jesus. We'll think about that tomorrow night. But he had already done that many times before. Could there be times when we want to sound righteous and look better than we really are? Caring not for anyone else, but only for ourselves. But Jesus won't let Judas criticise Mary like that. Look at verse 7, what Jesus says there. He says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Jesus says that you will always have the poor among you. I remember one of my teachers in school used to read that out and then say, well, you know, there's always going to be poor people, so don't bother helping anybody. I don't think that's what Jesus means here. What Jesus says is that, yes, there will always be poor people, but in Mark's Gospel, he goes on to say, and you can help them any time that you want. Jesus says that we can and should help the poor. And the GFS, at coffee evening for the Craigavon Food Bank back, that one was up before Christmas. That was a great success. That was a great way of helping people. Maybe we need to be doing more things like that. But Jesus says you will not always have me. Mary has Anointed Jesus has prepared him for what will come on Good Friday. Prepared him for his burial. You see, Jesus knows that the cross is coming closer. That his death is very near. And Mary has offered her worship to Jesus. Her saviour who will die for her. She did it while she could. Before Jesus went to the cross. Jesus is worthy of this costly, unashamed, extravagant worship. Jesus, who raised Lazarus from the dead, would himself die, crucified for us, dying in our place to give us life and hope and peace. Jesus is worthy to receive our worship. He's worthy to receive everything that we have and all that we are. With our whole selves, we should worship Jesus who died for us. It was a memorable meal. No one would ever forget what had happened at that dinner table. When Mary poured out her worship as she poured out her expensive perfume. Mary challenges us. Will we worship Jesus? Will you worship Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this example of Mary. We thank you for her costly, unashamed, extravagant worship we pray father that you would help us to follow jesus and to worship him and we pray that you would help us to also help those who need our help father we pray this in jesus name amen